We yeah. may have to cut out the F words, but we'll put like a duck sound. That's or right. Something. I think yeah, because yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. It's fun. what should we replace it with? Uh, I don't know. I can give you a sound bite if you want. Yeah, go. Um, freaking, freaking. There, that's. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Let's go back to the very beginning. Did you study design, Robin? No. See, I, everybody who's in design didn't study design. No, that's not true. There are many people who did study design. Yeah, but... It was the, a hesitant no, but it was, I, yeah. went, I went to a, a weird art school in rural Maine called the University of Maine at Farmington, and it was a graduating class of six, and I didn't even six. graduate. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, so let's let's back Whoa. a few things out there. Yeah, like in a barn? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why Maine? Uh, I grew up in Maine. Okay. And you went to a school, a college with six graduates. Uh, it, it was a much larger state school, but mostly people focus on elementary education. And there was a small little art program. Um, and there was two professors, uh, Katrazina Randall and Dot Nye, and they kind of owned my life for four years. So wait, oh, two oh. professors and six students? Uh, yeah. That's a strong ratio. I just, yeah. yeah. So they follow you home? Well, there was, <laughs> I hated it while I was there and I've grown to appreciate it deeply since I left. So what did you, what did you learn while there? What was the big thing? I think I learned to question everything um, at the root of it. I, I think I left without trust, but excitement. And then how did you get from abstract theory to capitalist practice? <laughs> view cart. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Viewcard is the name of a memoir, man. Yes. That is just, oh. that, that's the new thing that I'm going to be working on. It's a Viewcard, a memoir by Robin Cannon. Uh, so while I was at school, I got really into music and um, my life sort of began making albums. And I designed like, I think, 55 albums from like 2008 to 2010. So you have the music, you have the sort of the band identity. And yeah. You, that is a very empowering moment. Definitely. When you go like, I can make my own reality. Right. And I now, and as you get better, you start to look like a better and better musician, regardless right. of how totally. your music is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a bunch of those and it was fun and it was great. And then I realized I needed to make money at some point. So I went into music publishing and worked for James Brown's last manager. Whoa. And yeah. I, I, I basically like acted like a designer slash tour manager for two years. Okay. You're hanging out with James Brown's world. Yep. And designing. That's it. That's, that's its own podcast. Right yeah, there. Literally. Just like, yeah. yeah, it was like a lot. 5,000 questions show up. Yes. Just how crazy was it? It was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That world taught me like what it's like to get punched and what it's like to punch people. And like, what's it like to have your like throat cut? It was like 4am and I was driving from somewhere to somewhere and like everybody was on some sort of drug and I was driving this 15 passenger van and I was like, this is probably not how my life should be. No, probably not. <laughs> Although yeah. I have to imagine that rural Maine preps you for being with a lot of yeah, like it was like smelly dudes. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like a lot of smelly dudes in a van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so but the so you you keep designing. Yes. And then um somewhere along the line you end up at a place like Amazon, right? Like how Correct. is that? How did you get to Amazon? Uh well, it was a lot of stumbling. So I went from 
you know, working in music to working at a nonprofit to working at an agency to like, I got my first contract job at Staples because I lied my way through the door. And were you at agencies or were you freelance? I was mostly a freelance contractor okay. up until I landed at Amazon. How did the transition to like Amazon's a web company? Like how did yeah. you get to the, how did the web stuff happen if you were going from? Uh, I made this site called My Trans Health. It's a resource designed to help trans people get access to quality healthcare. It was a massive IA UX and sort of UI experience, and it got a lot of press. Okay. And one of the managers at Amazon found it and sent me a note and was like, I want you to work here. Oh, Amazon. Yeah, that site's still going, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're doing okay. Are you still, wait, do you, is like My Trans Health something you ran, or is it a not for profit, or like what? what is I, it? I still run it. Yeah, it's a non profit. I actually redesigned it last year. I never posted it, though. I, okay. I got too much anxiety about it. So. Oh, no. You need to release your new design. I know. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. It's that sitting a bad on me. feeling. It yeah. is. You know what yeah. it is? You, you lived with it just a little too long. Yeah. I Well, it's, so the first time I did it, I, I did this round of press, and it was a lot of prying into my life in a way that I wasn't used to. And the idea of going through that cycle again really gave me a so bunch of anxiety. Suddenly becomes my trans opinions. Yeah. Back yeah. It's, it's like a lot. No, I'm sure people are, when people are committed and connected to a thing, totally. oh my God. So you've got this design, yeah. which you think is better, it's but much you, better. Yeah. you just can't handle the 200 emails that are going to result. Yeah. God, that's totally fair. Yeah. Who can help you answer Someone, you get someone to help you answer those emails. Yeah. Well, it's still, I think people thought my trans health was a lot bigger than what it was. It was three people. Yeah. Um, and we all had full-time jobs while we were making it. So it was it was a lot of time and energy, and we all lived in different places while we were doing it. Right. Um, we all had literally like trans surgery in the middle of working on it too. So our lives were like pretty chaotic while we were making that experience. Yeah, I think about this too when you're when you create something in like there's a lot of heat and light when you're making that new thing. And right. Yeah, your life is really tumultuous at that point, and then it goes out. It's very emotionally tiring to go back to it. Yeah, it's a lot. So and sure. Yeah, sure. All right. So yeah, this is the trick. This is where you need like you need help and you need and, and this is the hard part with side projects. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, I think my identity was like a quote unquote bad thing for a while and then all of a sudden became a really good and popular thing mm-hmm. and never really having the time to process that while trying to ship an actual experience. That was sort of the experience of it. And I think it's interesting. Like when I look back on it now, like for as much sort of press it got or whatever like that, no real like people who hire designers really got it. Like I interviewed at a lot of places in the middle of that experience and everybody was like, cool job. See you later. Like there was a lot of doors shut on me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. What weren't they understanding? What was it? What happened? It's not that they weren't understanding. They just didn't know how to have a conversation about it. Um, they didn't, they weren't able to separate me from the work that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was a deep UX problem, like to solve that kind of to stuff. So and whenever I would get deep into like the sort of the meat of the problem, they'd kind of pull back out on just, it was a lot of like patting me on the shoulder, like, good job, kid. And I was like, if this was like a shoe company, you would think that I'm the freshest shit. It's because it's like a healthcare company that you're kind of devaluing me right now. Gotcha. Um, so I had a lot of those conversations. This is the thing, right? You are you're very systems focused. Like every yeah. every time I've read stuff by you or talked to you, like I, I feel that there's an aspect of design which is you know, let's get the rectangles on the screen. Sure. There's an aspect with like that you studied in college, which is the kind of how does this fit in with the larger cultural frameworks that right. exist. And then there's, um, and it's an almost out of fashion way of looking at design oh, yeah. where it's like, it's part of the big system. You're creating these systems. Humans are involved. Technology isn't first. You're thinking right. about these design problems in a very organic way. It kind of got lumped in the design thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, where are you on design thinking? 
It's a methodology. Mm-hmm. I think designers think very highly of themselves for something that's remarkably simple for I the most part. I need to go under the table now and just sigh. Uh, <laughs> I think design thinking is like, great, you know how to work post-its. Cool. Like, but like you could put any design in the room with a group of post-its and like they probably come up with the same fucking thing. I do feel that there's a lot of like, we're going to make an amazing new artificial arm and then right. they get a stack of post-its right. and then it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot, especially like in-house cultures thrive on you getting excited about those post-it notes. Mm-hmm. Um I'm an existentialist uh, and also a systems thinker, which puts me in a very annoying place for most people. So when I think of systems, I think of things that already exist. I think music is like one of the most perfect systems ever because everything has a time signature, everything has a rhythm and a melody, mm-hmm. um, and they all work together at the same time, which is to me the most wild shit in the world. Sure, you've got scales and chords and there's a Everything. language. Everything. Yeah, and, and it's all harmonious. It's, it's been working for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I they think, documented it. There's a way to like right. actually codify the exactly. thing. Exactly. I never thought of like sheet music as being the expression of a global historical system Just of systems. knowledge. Yeah. I, I mean, that's yeah, what I, it is. I remember, so I was at Staples <laughs> and I was working on like a redesign of the paper packaging and um, the paper packaging. Oh, like the that they wrapped the paper. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, this yeah. is a big deal for Staples. It's huge. They, they oh, let yeah. you in deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was in that room and basically the design director, his name is Grail, he yeah. gave us like, he put us all in a room, all five of us, and was like, go see what you can come back with, talk mm-hmm. to you in a week, and didn't talk to us. He was just like, let's just see what they come up with. So I got really into systems idea, and I, I took this idea of a flag, like flags have basically perfect systems that work on like multiple scales. Mm-hmm. And I basically designed three levels of paper packaging that work directly with how flag visual systems work. And I brought that in and everybody else had like, like nice gradients and lines. Mm. And like, <laughs> Grant was like, talk to me about your system. And I was like, well, it's based on the flag structure. And like, he immediately was like, that's doesn't need to be the smart. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, it was like I was and so that was like one of the first moments where it was like systems are cool. Also like they can really screw you if you try to like mm-hmm. be attached to them 24/7. Well, and it's it's also no offense to Staples. You were at Staples. I, no, I mean, I, I think there's like some brilliant designers over there. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, I, I'm just like outside looking into Staples. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, also, you know, and where where I am now, like I'm thinking, Grail is going, I have to walk this up the chain. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to have to tell Sue and Tim yeah, yeah. that... This is a flag-based system. Right. Or I could say blue is a cool color right yes. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's a lot of people it's are much similar style. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at like the way that Tiffany's been doing its rebranding, sure. you know, we're going to get into that upscale market with the blue. Right. And then you're over there with your flag. Yeah, exactly. Although the systems thinking, I think, actually really does become necessary when you're designing abstract software at scale like sure. then it becomes a useful tool in a way that right. i don't think design thinking does where right like when i think of design thinking, i think of like post-its sure and yeah, yeah there's a process and yeah so on. right like we just started doing more and more uh Google design sprints and stuff like oh, that. Interesting. Do you have like a kickoff that you use? Is there like an approach that gets you into this mindset? I like that. Are you talking about the sprint book? Yeah. Yeah. I like that book a lot. I think it's a very good compromise for like just getting everyone in a room yes. talking and thinking. Well, it's hard to get yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting is in-house you have to do with politics. Like I think if you take a sprint at face value, it's really cool. Once you introduce like company politics, it gets a lot hazier. I think when it comes to that approach, you you need a person who's in the room who can balance 
feelings. Mm -hmm. So once you have that person, then you can work on the process. But I think both need to be at play. What does it mean to balance feelings? I think when you're in a room and you blend in house people with like people who are like from outside agency or whatever, there's a lot of emotions happening and like how stuff gets done. Mm -hmm. And if you're not managing those emotions and really figuring out like where each person is coming from and you put them all in a room to design something, I think it can get really messy. I think what works really well is when you're honest friend, you on the deadline, you're all kind of in it together and you're functioning maybe like a sports team. Mm-hmm. So you, you all understand your role in the system and you, you ship that way. Rich, you know about sports. It would, so <laughs> like, let me put this in this way. It would be weird if every single design agency had five LeBron James working on the same projects. You need like, yeah, you need people around that. The right. forward and the yeah. guard. And yeah, yeah. It's a team. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is yeah, that yeah. it's, it's, a, dyna- a dynamic has to take hold, especially because it's design, right? Totally. Like cutting up that work. You can't cut up that work, right? Oh, no, no, you no. do color scheme. Like it sure. doesn't work right. like that. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. it's very tricky and there's egos involved. and Totally. Mm, but the whole super thing. exciting too. Did you have people reporting to you at Amazon? Uh, no, I mentored some people, but no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what you did there? Yeah, um, I worked on a team called uh, the Engagement Design Group, primarily focused on community aspect stuff. So I designed everything from like reviews and answers. Oh, cool. Talk about reviews as a product. What does that so mean? So fascinating. Okay. Um, I mean, it's the biggest scale ever, right? And uh, it's also in a shitload of languages mm-hmm. that uses like regular cells. So within like sort of one platform of reviews, you could be touching hundred different devices and a lot of different code bases and a lot of different leaders of directors who products touch stuff. Um, so it's a lot of navigating conversations. All right. Uh, so there's all this complexity. When you talk about it, you sound closer to the tech, but you're a designer. Yeah, but the, the same thing. You can't like operate them like separately. The one thing that I really appreciated about Amazon as a place is they had strong leadership principles. And those leadership principles like help people sort of connect with each other when they were designing. So sure, like I technically cared about like how the type looked and how like the button looked. But also we had a pretty strong like system that was in place. And it was less about like where the button should be and maybe more deeper product conversations like should the button be there at all. So the Amazon, you're not reinventing like what you're not going to choose a typeface. No, very rarely, rarely. very, okay. very rarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of that stuff, it's, it's almost never greenfield. Like everything is kind of on rails already. Well, everything has a legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think every time that I touched a product to Amazon, I knew I might be messing with code that's at least seven years old. This is really interesting, right? Like the classic design model is you come in and there's a blank page. Right. And this is not your world at all. No, I mean, not really. I mean, with with my trans health, it was like a blank page, but mm-hmm. I made that blank page. But I don't think if that's a classic design thing, then like we're kind of fucked here because a lot of things already exist. I, I don't think new things need to get made as much as old things need to get better made. Well, that's the thing with this industry. If you're going into a, if you're going into Amazon, you're going to be picking up something that thousands of people have touched. Correct. And you'll be one of the thousands. Right. And so, like, where do you get started there? Conversations, okay, so mostly, yeah, yeah, coffee, yeah. It's a lot yeah. of coffee conversations. I think somebody asked me what I do really well a while ago, and I told them that I'm really good at asking questions, mm-hmm. and I think that makes me like a pretty good designer. Is like I can listen to you talk, and I can figure out a question that I should be asking you, and that answer gives me a, a new question to ask. See, it's, it's tricky. We're a very practitioner-focused organization, right? And so it's like 
and it's in a lot of times we're parachuting into organizations. And so we need like, when we talk about the job, that's a big part of it. You don't open sketch right away. No, never. Or you might, if you're just sort of working some thoughts out, but it's sure. like, that's not really right. what you need to be doing first. Even if it's Greenfield, like you still need to process like Amazon's aim is there's one aim, right? There's one goal, yes. right? And there are all these pieces that kind of, what do you connect. think the goal is? Amazon? Yeah. To sell you shit. I disagree. But I love that that's your answer. What is the goal of Amazon? Tell us the goal. Please, somebody tell me the goal of Amazon. Somebody help me. To be in my house all day long? It's to be a natural part of your life. A natural part of your life. Explain that. The is that Jeff Bezos is not natural. (laughs) Well, I think, here's what I think. I think most West Coast companies are trying to have the goal of trying to be naturally in your life. Mm -hmm. That means that what I've seen, at least on a lot of the East Coast tech side, is like they ship you products and they try to get you commerce sold and that's kind of the world. West Coast tech, what I really appreciate is they're really obsessed with time. So if you like use time as a success metric, then you start having questions about like, well, where does this person need me or where can I be more effective in their life? Um, and I think you see that with products like the Echo, even with Spark, like you're opening the Amazon app not to buy something. That's a, that's a shift of mind. So the goal is less to, to get your money and more just to like actually help you when your moment of life needs it, right? Whether it's groceries, getting delivered you can like walk into a store you can pick up a product whatever it is like it's much more natural but fundamentally they want to make money um isn't that just a side effect of their successful existence no no but at this point they're a publicly traded company there's success that's driven by dollars like being a natural part of life of your life like you could argue that it includes money yeah i mean the the you, you don't even have to worry about money for years if you've really nailed being a natural part of someone's life right i mean you that's like just sort of the crazy girl, like, you know, Uber losing billions every year because right. they just want to seep into you yeah, yeah. to the point where when they finally do turn the switch, you're, they're already in your brain and right. in your heart and in your soul, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Robin, you came to New York City about a year ago mm-hmm. and you were just talking about the difference between East Coast and West Coast tech culture. Break that down a little bit. When I first started East Coast Tech Happened, I witnessed a lot of conversations about color and typography mm-hmm. and it was coming out of a world in which that was the last thing that I thought about. And I would be talking to all these designers who were working on projects and they were really excited about like a specific color palette or a specific like new web font. And I just kind of like passed it off as just like, Oh, cool. Just kind of walked away. <laughs> like uh, what I really get excited with is figuring out that time bit, right? It's it's less about figuring out that when somebody gets into a place that they have a wonderfully beaut and sophisticated experience, and more that if they're in a Walmart and they have one battery of like life left and like they have bad reception, can they get a product in and out um, in thirty seconds? Mm-hmm. And the bigger that, bigger challenges. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a cool design problem to yeah. have. Okay, so you're talking to designers who are thinking about class designy things right is there a word for like the kind of design that you do <laughs> uh unemployable <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's entirely true i mean yeah uh no i don't i'm it's to me it's just design i, I think if we think about the classic definition of design right it's the solution to a problem within a set of constraints um for some unknown reason people got in their head that that meant type and color and for the life of me i don't fucking know why because okay. to me it means so many different things um and those different things is the conversations that really excite me to me this is product this isn't design well this is the thing i don't i, I mean, mean that as a compliment yeah. no, not an insult no i get it yeah. <laughs> all of i these, get that a lot all of these boundaries are really blurry 
course. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Like, I mean, engineering and, and we, we're divided into product engineering and design, but like right. people definitely like Bridge there's cats. a lot of yeah, yeah, boundaries of that get blurred. The, I guess the, oh, another way to kind of put it is the decisions you're asking to make right. that you want power over could cost, there could be millions of dollars in difference in investment versus type mm. and color because you yeah, may yeah. make a decision that's fundamental right. to the core that could actually have a dramatic effect on an engineering so, agenda. So right? you're a very high risk human being, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've, like, I've lived again in, in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, no, I am though. Um, I also think that like, that's where the work is. Like it would be yeah. weird if designers fought for years to have a seat at the table and then they were like, Avenir. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that would be bizarre to me. Um, I would, yeah. I would imagine that if you fought for a seat at the table for a really long time, you're fighting more than a typeface. Right. So you came to New York city. Yeah. You had a year at Etsy. Yeah. And now you're working on some personal projects. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, I'm writing a lot. Okay. Um, and you, you speak out a lot, right? Like I you're do. out yeah, yeah. conferences. Uh, I speak out a lot. I'm reading a lot more. I'm writing a lot more. I'm just really into this idea of storytelling right now and trying to figure out like different ways to tell stories. But again, like not necessarily design. Design just sort of seems to be like a, a core to the worldview and yeah. then other things like you sort of follow other paths sure. and yeah. come home to design on a regular basis. Well, look, I mean, for an industry that's obsessed with design thinking, here I am a designer approaching many different things with that like thought process. So mm-hmm. it's technically still designed to me. I think when I write words, I'm designing those words because I'm still like designing is all about communication. So if, if we're going to like die on the fist of sketch as far as design is like that's limiting to the entire world. Cause when I think about design, I think about words, communication, audio, uh, every different thing that can come with it. Right. See, I buy it and I buy it completely, but the hard part is communicating it to the people who are sort of buying your services. Yeah. I haven't figured that this- out. <laughs> well, also just getting people to let you do it. Sure. Like even yeah, yeah, if yeah. you took a job, right. you, you know, you're, you're sort of walking around kind of selling this approach yeah. in a way, not, explicitly sure but you're essentially saying hey give me more room let me have a little more power here than than typically associated this this was the challenge of my career almost up until we started this business interesting no one could figure out what the hell i actually did right i still don't know what no i know it's a really good question um (laughs) no because i'd be like well i'm a writer and i'm i'm okay at it and you're a pretty good writer thank you that's (laughs) pretty good writer no i know but like well this is the thing i have a writing career which is a hard thing to get yes like i I, I made one happen and then I'd be like, no, I'm actually a media consultant. Right. I'd be like, well, yeah, yeah. no, that's weird. And, and I'd be like, well, no, I'm writing again, but right. I'm a media consultant. Actually, I'm going to go program the CMS. And but like, it's all communication. Yeah, it was all one thing for me. Yeah. It was all about like, how can I make tools and frameworks for helping you know person A understand. It's actually about helping person A understand person B with sure. technology in the middle. Like, right. I think technology gets in the way most of the of time. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And and so for me, like, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm just going like, ah, because... You have to articulate what's in your brain to people who are trying to buy something. Right. And you don't want to diminish the quality of what you have to offer. Right. But at the same time, they must be going like, Robin, can you just get me that rectangle? Right. Probably. Sometimes just say, "Uh, all right, let me just give this guy his thing. I get the sense no, and that's where some, no. of, the, some of the problems <laughs> I, I, I actually, I want to answer the question very, like, properly here, which is yes and no. Yeah, I'll get you the rectangle, but we're going to talk about it first. Okay. That's it. Like if we, right. if we have a conversation about it first and I can figure out that that rectangle does X, Y, Z, that's going to be right. X, Y, Z, then I'll get you the rectangle first. And if it's not 
doesn't seem to be the kind of environment where there's like, God, this guy wants another 30 minutes. Um, can, can she just do the thing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't excel in that environment. You um, just don't click into it. It's not that I don't click into it. It's just that I consciously understand that that's not where I'm going to be most effective. And I think right. that's, that's fine. I love that you're sticking to your guns. I just, because I, I'm now someone who sells services all day. Sure. I know the struggle you're in. Like it's, just, yeah, sure. it's, it's hard on the other side. Yeah. yeah. They don't, they don't get it and they don't like people have so much trouble when they can't understand what they're buying. Sure. And we run into this all the time, except we've got it commoditized to the point where it's like, we'll build you your thing. Right. Right. And so we've sort of like, one of the good things about an agency is you get to take all that part in the middle that they may not understand. Right. And go like, you're going to be part of it. Sure. You can observe it. There's going right. to be a Slack channel. Yeah, yeah. But also know that you don't have to do like, sure. we're going to take all that away from you. Right. Unless you want to be in it. Sure. And that, that is like. That's, I think that's key to the business, right? Because we yeah. get to sort of take that back and then people can get really into it here right. without the client having to go like, am, am I paying for them to do sure. things with post-it notes? You right. know? I think here's what I think. If somebody is asking me for a rectangle and they're more frustrated with the fact that I'm asking them a question about the rectangle, I don't think I'm the problem in that situation. I think the problem is you can't tell me why you need a rectangle. Like that right. should be a very quick answer. Right. If you can't do that, then I don't understand why the rectangle should be there at all. God damn that rectangle. I mean, in the conversation with the rectangle that designers want to have was, should it be three or five point radius corners? Um, and I think there's a better conversation to be having around that rectangle. Not that the three to five isn't an actual important conversation because it might help increase conversion by 0.001 over a month, but there's a different conversation to be having. So your goal is to back people into systems that they, they can then use to, you know, do better work in the future. That would be ideal. Yeah. Should you shed, I know this is going to feel wrong. I think you could say that's a great sure. idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the hell with the word design. I'm not a designer. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a designer. You're uh, a designer. Yeah. What do you call the person who only cares about how rounded the rectangle is? Designer. B- lowercase. No, designer. They're period. all designers? Look, a basketball team is made up of many people who different do different things. There's a center, there's a point guard, there's a small forward. They're all basketball players. Okay. Designer is just an umbrella word that includes a lot of different people. Yeah, but you're like on the bench. You're the guard who's doing the rounded corners. For as much as like I don't want to have a conversation about whether it should be a five or three point radius, that doesn't mean that I don't think that conversation should be had. I think that conversation definitely needs to exist and needs to work in order for you to ship great products. Okay. But I also think there's another conversation to be having that might not be happening. And that one is the one that I think uh, actually can benefit. And it's often higher level, bigger. Right. You're just sort of challenging a lot of the the notions behind the ask. Why would anybody fight for three to five pixel ratio? Like, wh- who cares? Like, what, isn't what? there a bigger fight? There is. I, 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 this is interesting because I think this isn't only challenging people outside of design, but designers. I hope it challenges the designers. Yeah. So you're writing and just sort of have your own free time right now. Where, where would you like to go? Like, what's the Ooh. next gig? So I'm fascinated by media right now. Um, it's Interesting. Just, Nobody I'm, cares about media anymore. Fucking fascinated by it. Hey, what do you want to know? Yeah. Well, I'm fascinated by people, right? Because I'm like, I'm much more fascinated by the sociology of design more than the, the color of design. Mm-hmm. Um, I much rather have a conversation about people, right? And if I think about how people consume information. Media designers seem at the heart of that. Um, If you're designing for media right now, you're the person who's shifting how somebody 
reads or consumes a story. Um, and that to me is super, super fascinating. 350 demoralized media designers just stood up. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes. Um, because somewhere in the heart of it, there's people communicating in those moments. And digitally speaking, like the idea of reading a story isn't that far off from what reading a story was like in the 1800s or the 1900s. Like, it's not that super far off. But I think if I was in that space, I'd probably go back there and back and forth and try to figure out like a, a cool way to tell a story. I think a lot about the fact that we're, um, we we're constantly saying that our industry is, is changing everything. And then compared to electric light, it's right. just a little tiny baby. Yeah. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when they, uh, 500 years from now, they'll be like, they used to read by candlelight. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. one day they all got pocket, like the like from electric light to, to mobile phones will probably be like a paragraph. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, All right. So who should get in touch and how do they get in touch? You should probably just talk to me if you think weird. Like, I okay. think that would be the, the best way to, to, to answer that question. Um, I'm on the internet a lot. I feel like I have a very prominent uh, voice online for the most part. And um, you can take it at face value or you don't have to. I think sometimes I meet people from the you know real world who like know me online. They're like, wow, you're a lot more eloquent than I thought you'd be. And I'd be like, why? And they're like, well, you tweet about getting high every night. Yeah, every uh, now and then your Twitter will be deeply intimate yes. in a way that's like, oh, I know a lot more about Robin than I did before. It's a little bit of a show. Yeah, you know. yeah, I get that. Um, so I think for people who... You're having fun. I'm very much having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, to me, it's a show, right? It, it, that's all it is. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Give me a call if you want to talk. Don't actually call me this. No. Like, I don't think don't, people are motivated yeah, right no, now to call you. Yeah, no don't one actually is, call me. No yeah. one is phoning you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Send me an email. I like yeah. emails better than anything else. Emails are so great. I don't even like Twitter DMs for the most part. All right, well, uh, it's been great to have you. It's been so good to be here. Thank a lot you. of fun. This has been fun. Yeah. Please don't hate me. <laughs> no, we This love was you. great. This yeah. is great.